So I'd like to speak a little bit about um, refuge and And the Buddha is is uh, the first of the three refugees, and uh, and for me it reminds me very much of my own capacity to awaken and to follow this path, which another Bodhi has pointed out before. So the the refuge is not outside of ourselves, but it's it's right here. This capacity, you know, of being aware, being mindful of whatever is arising in the mind or what is arising at, at the sense doors. And yeah, the Buddha is, is a very inspiring example for someone who has, uh, because of his great you know, love for sentient beings and also for his great determination that he found a way out of suffering, without having, you know, he had several teachers, but the breakthrough to the middle way between the two extremes uh, of, you know, holding on to experience and completely not being bothered by it, he found the middle way, and uh, that's a very, um, it was for this time, it was a, uh, 2,500 and so years ago, it was a very innovative approach. And very quickly, you know, he had lots of disciples which who wanted to learn from him. And the ritual which we're going to do together in about 10 minutes or so in the library is, is an opportunity, you know, for us all together to externalize this decision to follow the path which the Buddha has laid out for us, the Noble Eightfold Path. And, you know, by doing this uh, Buddha bathing together, we, we are kind of making a symbolic act which externalizes this decision, you know, to really work on purifying the mind. And, um, you know, taking a spoon of water and pouring it over the head of the Buddha is is a way of, of saying, you know, I want to um, try as good as I can to the application of the, the path and to bringing awareness to whatever is arising to purify the mind. And I think, you know, there's many, many places all around the world today who most likely, you know, perform an act like this, and uh, you know, if we are just doing it because it's a cultural thing to do, then it's maybe you know a nice evening. But if we don't really use it as a, you know, as a kind of a marker in the year when we remember that we have this opportunity, we have this ability too, and we can, you know start right now all over again and by having it witnessed you know from a group of people like here it, it empowers the decision because we're doing it all together and this is a way how 
how we can support each other in the practice. And, and Sangha is, is also one of the refuges. The first one is the refuge of Buddha. The second one is the, the refuge of Dhamma, which means, you know, taking refuge in the way things are, not taking refuge in the stories about the way things are, which we tend to do because we tend to get lost in our commentaries about uh, experience, either wanting it or not wanting it. And, you know, taking refuge in the Dhamma is to let go of all of those stories and just directly open up and say, yes, you know, this is the way things are and being with it and through this opening and completely being with what is happening, we learn a lot about how the word works and how the mind works. And in order to be able you know, to have the strength and the determination and the ability to start over again and again, we, we need the refuge of Sangha. We need the refuge of, of supportive friends around us and we need teachers and guides and, and friends. Because, you know, Buddha said the, for waking up, the most important internal quality is, is mindfulness and awareness and the most important external quality is, is good friends not uh, good friends, you know, who kind of always uh, um, reassure us that we are doing it all right, but real good friends who, who help us to see, you know, where we are not maybe skillful. Okay. And a, a little ceremony like this can, can help us to connect with those refugees again in a in a maybe a little bit of a formal way but it can have a deep effect if we if we can really um, stop and be fully there for this little ritual and i've looked it up on wikipedia we might be interested to might be interested to know that for example at the UN all offices of the UN around the world they observe uh, Vesak as a, as a holiday so it seems to be you know that people are really interested in uh, waking up by maybe taking some time for, for this special um person, the Buddha, to, to remember that he has lived and he has uh, left such a wealth of teachings behind. And he was just a human being like, um, like all of us. He had incredible parami, as, as we say. I met, he had an, a lot of um, good qualities developed over, over many, many lifetimes. And we can do that as well. And you know, if we if we have this capacity to stay in the refuge, then conditions will turn by themselves. We don't have to make them change. This is one of the characteristics of 
of existence, that everything which arises ceases, and you know it's it's not up to us, and we don't have to make it happen. It's happening anyway all the time, within our bodies and outside of our bodies, all over the world systems. But what we have to learn is to be able to stay steady enough with this experience so we can learn from it and really penetrate it. Because then, you know, the way things are will reveal itself to us because we have a lot of um, veils of ignorance which we overlay and project onto experience. And through paying attention and through really being fully with it, we can go into the depths and it will reveal itself to us. It will, it will um, become all food for the arising of wisdom and compassion. But only if we can stay grounded enough and not being swayed around too much. And these three refugees, they are our support on the path. And they are, you know, for everybody, they are available for everybody. It doesn't depend on, on anything else but really uh, remembering them and training ourselves in returning to them again and again in good and in bad weather. <laughs> <laughs>